Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. This week's episode is again a direct request from you, the viewer or listener, specifically about a statement or a quote that I often say uh, pretty much on all of our podcast episodes. That is, whatever is meant for you will not pass you by. Now, some of you responded to that on our YouTube comments, asking to elaborate a bit more on that. And in that same feedback came some questions about elaborating on FOMO or the fear of missing out. So we thought we would combine the two in today's episode. I think in my mind, you know, marrying these two concepts um, is quite intuitive because I think often if we don't have that belief that that which is meant for us, you know, will never pass us by. I think that often goes hand in hand with having that FOMO or that fear of missing out on an experience, an event, an emotion, a feeling, or whatever it may be. And as I often do, I, I Googled FOMO to see what was out there on the, the wide world of Google. And I actually was met with some research, one study in particular that I found pretty interesting myself and I think applies to this conversation. And so they surveyed a bunch of individuals and assessed them on a couple different areas, FOMO being one of them. And what they found was that individuals who consistently reported higher levels of FOMO also consistently at the same time reported lower levels of three variables in particular. And those three variables are competence or simply confidence in our ability to do something, anything, whatever the thing may be. Um, it People, individuals high in FOMO report lower levels of autonomy or separation, the ability to be a separate individual. And individuals high in FOMO or reporting high levels of FOMO also report consistently lower levels of relatedness or connectedness, feeling connected to ourself and others around us. So the reason why I'm even mentioning this study in this conversation is what I'm hearing when I hear these, these results is ultimately, if I don't feel some kind of way internally about myself, if I don't feel competent, if I don't feel separate as an individual, if I don't feel related or connected to me or others, the world around me, it increases the likelihood that I look outside of myself, that I have the idea that this event, this experience, a thing that I've chosen or have to miss out on for whatever reason will hold that feeling that I'm desperately seeking. If we're not rooted in that connection with ourselves, then we're spending all of our time, whether we're aware of it or not, most of us who are not connected to ourselves certainly are not aware that they are doing this. But the majority of your time in your day is then spent externalizing somewhere else, over there with someone else, perceiving this idea that you're missing out on something, which is really all your perception. So what happens when when that occurs, when you perceive that you're missing out on something, you're responding, your brain is responding as if it's a social threat, as if it's social exclusion or ostracism, which sends your physical body into a fight or flight response. So then these perceived feelings or ideas that we're missing out then agitate our nervous system. So we're in a threat-based feeling in our body, which then leads us to or motivates us to find relief or turn to compulsive behaviors, whether that's endlessly scrolling on Instagram or reaching out to and being in contact with the person that we know continuously brings on a, a negative feeling within us, but we have a connection to them that we go back to 
betraying our own selves, knowing that there's something that doesn't feel good there, but we're so primed and so desperate for that social connection and that social bond. Because without a social connection and without a social bond, then our livelihood and future as a species is actually at threat. So there's so much evolution that's happening too in our bodies and in our reptilian brain and physical response that happens in this moment of scrolling through social media and seeing what someone else is doing and maybe I didn't get invited or I'm not there or even an inside joke. Sometimes Nicole and Lolly will have an old joke or something maybe from the past that I don't know about and it triggers a burning sensation in me and a physical burning sensation and an immediate fear, a fear that I'm excluded on the outside. And if I'm paying attention to my body, that fear is so much greater than just not understanding an inside joke. I'm actually going through a physical reaction of, oh my gosh, I'm on the outside of the community that I know I need for survival. So then I just learned to betray my own needs and bend over backwards to show up at things that I don't really want to be at or be in relationships and connections with people that I know aren't necessarily healthy for me because I'm so dependent and desperate on that thread of love and connection. I think it's really, really important that we dig around this conversation exactly as we are in, in the body, in the nervous system, even this, you know, the in the name title itself, fear of missing out. Fear is very much a body-based, physiological, evolutionarily driven reaction to, like you're beautifully sharing, a, a perceived threat. And the reality of it is, is actually the concept of FOMO makes me think back to a client that very interestingly I used to work with before I shifted my practice holistically. And one of her presenting complaints or the thing that she would come in and say was a problem for her was just that, FOMO. She was like, I'm always, I never feel like I'm making the right choice. I always see what my, and she had a vast, like a, a social circle. We lived in Philadelphia at the time and she was always having options of what to do. And this particular client week after week would come in with this anxiety. And until I really understood the nervous system and the role that it plays, I was ill-equipped to, to work with that client because it was very difficult to understand that in reality, if we're not feeling safe in our body, to be connected to ourself the way we're talking about, to feel competent or confident in our ability, right? That is quite literally impossible. So what I saw in this client without having the language was how much of a role her dysregulated nervous system was playing. She quite literally couldn't sit in her own space, in her own presence, having, you know, a moment where she didn't have plans, even if that's what she desperately needed, she her body continued to send her mind signals that those choices weren't safe. So before long she was endlessly scrolling social media to affirm that fear and all of the ideas about what she was missing out on. And without the language to understand that that was being driven by the nervous system, which I then gained and we shifted then the way we worked, integrating some grounding practices, integrating some body awareness practices, then we began to make some space for new choices. Because again, when we're talking about feeling confident about ourselves, when we're talking about feeling even separate and safe to be separate, when we're talking about feeling related or connected, all of that is very much a function in can my body safely inhabit those spaces? And if we can't, then chances are our mind will cycle in FOMO. Having that awareness of your physical self, of your nervous system is 
time and time again, to me, your golden ticket to everything, to making the choices, to create the life you desire, to healing, to creating the relationships that you want with yourself and with others. There's so much power that can be held in that understanding because you can actually get what's happening. Most of us get the term FOMO as a new, you know, a trending word. Oh, I have FOMO. I wasn't at that party. We understand that, right? We get that there's some negative feeling or some yearning that we weren't there or Maybe even we did get invited to something and we know we don't want to go, but we say yes and go anyway because we know that when we meet up with that group of friends next, all they're going to be talking about is said event that we didn't really want to go to. So we betray ourselves and our true wants and needs and desires in order to go and be socially accepted in community because we depend on that. We need that. So with the awareness of what's actually happening when you have FOMO, understanding that your nervous system is actually being activated in an agitated response. And when we're feeling agitated, when our nervous systems are activated, it's uncomfortable. What do most of us do with discomfort? Do we sit in it and observe it and understand it? Most of us don't. That's the goal. That's the practice is to be able to sit in and expand our own tolerance and level for our own discomfort. Because when our system is activated in that fight or flight response and we're uncomfortable, what's the first thing we do? We grab our phone to go scroll. We go to distract. We turn to compulsive behaviors or coping mechanisms that may not be serving us, likely probably aren't serving us. A lot of us turn to alcohol, food, drugs, sex, drinking, shopping, anything that's a distraction. It's another emotional addiction. That's what we immediately go to when we want to squander that discomfort. So all of that to say, to have a little compassion for ourselves, and I think for everyone, in understanding that that's the process that's happening. When there is a fear or a perceived fear of this exclusion and being on the outside or being ostracized and we feel uncomfortable, we are immediately going to the next best thing we know to go to in order to soothe ourselves and to calm ourselves which is really us regulating our nervous systems. So I think an important thing to highlight too is that when we have that understanding, okay, so you're going to turn to a behavior to help relieve that discomfort. Your choice, all of your power lies in that choice of what that behavior is, what that coping mechanism is. And I think to speak to a point you just made in terms of offering yourself compassion, um, we can go ahead as far as to also offer ourselves curiosity because as we notice these FOMO thoughts, these FOMO feelings, these FOMO, you know, adaptation cycles, what we do to feel better when we're feeling that FOMO, there might actually be information below the surface in terms of what are the expectations that we're having? What are those that are that are being left unmet? What are those deeper desires? You use the word desire. What are our wishes? There is something likely that is being activated that is real and contains important, valuable information, perhaps about something that is important to you that you might not be having consistently enough in your life, but could indicate a desire for you to make that beautiful choice to have more consistently. Maybe not in the context of the event you don't want to go to, maybe in the context of more aligned events with more aligned people 
or whatever it might be. But I think it's important not to just throw this concept of, oh, you're just dysregulated. FOMO is a bad thing because it it isn't. A lot of the times it really does give us a glimpse into what is important for us, what is below the surface that is legitimately something that isn't feeling consistent enough or a need that has gone unmet that is, again, being projected onto this event very externally, gifting ourselves with the opportunity, like you're beautifully saying, to make choices to allow ourselves to create that experience for ourselves. To make aligned choices, we have to first understand what's not aligned. (laughs) Usually we can feel that in our body. We can sense that thing that feels off, or maybe we can't articulate it or really label it or put our finger on it, but we know that there's that maybe burning in my face or a tightness in my chest or that flipping or roller coaster feeling in my stomach. Our body is responding and always endlessly sending us messages and cues and wisdom for us to pick up on. And another quote that I know I say on so many episodes, but so many of you resonate with it so deeply. It's by Nietzsche and it's, there is more wisdom in your body than in your deepest philosophy. And that quote to me really encapsulates everything that I was just trying to express here about that awareness of that physical feeling, all of the wisdom that is already inherent inside of each of you. It is not in a textbook. It is not in a guru or a teacher external. It's in the teacher that is within. And in order to tap into that, we have to be able to first connect with ourselves or even be willing to connect with ourselves, which means seeing things like FOMO or something that we might look at negatively, like jealousy. And what you were just sharing, Nicole, the word jealousy kept coming up because there's that same sort of feeling. We look at jealousy as a negative, right? We might immediately look at FOMO as a negative. Instead, those are actually teachers. Having a feeling of missing out is a golden teacher. Having feelings of jealousy is a golden teacher. Because if I can view it from that lens as a teacher offering me wisdom about myself, I can learn what it is that I'm afraid of missing out on. In my jealousy, if I'm jealous of another person, what is it about that person in their life, about them or what they're up to that I'm jealous of? Because what does that mean in my life, in the space of my life and what I'm doing and who I say I am and who I create my life and myself to be? Where's that unmet potential? What is it that I'm not doing, that I'm not committing to for myself or maybe that I'm too scared to do that is making me jealous of this other person. So I think what you just said is just so beautiful because in all of this, you can see if you're willing to look at it objectively and compassionately, you can see what it is that you're not showing up for in your own life that is then causing you to outsource and continuously find these feelings of missing out or continuously find these feelings of jealousy Instead of being over here in your own lane, in your own garden, doing what's intentional and mindful and in alignment with you. And ultimately, when we begin to become compassionately conscious of ourselves, of these habits of FOMO, we can then gift ourselves with the ability to make different choices. If it is internet that presents for for any of you listening, you know, all of your opportunities for missing out and fears of missing out and everything in between, you know, that might mean 
creating boundaries around yourself and your cell phone use, around your social media use, around what it is that continues to activate those feelings of FOMO. Because at the same time that they give you information, we can gift ourselves with choice not to stay suck in the, stuck in the cycle of scrolling, only continuing then to stay stuck our bodies in the cycle of that dysregulation. So we can become really conscious of where and when and how often and how frequently these feelings of FOMO are activated. And if we are playing any conscious, maybe unintentional role in keeping them activated, we can begin to modify those choices by not scrolling for as long, by, again, if we're feeling a bit more vulnerable, by maybe not looking at the event that you know you don't have the resources to attend to or whatever else it is. When we become conscious, then we create the space to make a choice to tend to ourself in the way that we need to. It's really easy to slip into an autopilot where I might just spend my whole life. Every moment then turns into a day, which turns into weeks and months and years and so on, where I've just been in this continuous FOMO, always seeing externally what's going on over there that I'm not a part of and then not showing up for myself. I don't have to be responsible for myself if I play really small and choose to hide out and spend all of my conscious thought thinking about what someone else is doing over there. It takes someone and something to say, I am going to be responsible for myself. I am going to actually create my life because on a daily basis, you're creating your life, whether you're conscious to it or not. So if you want to intentionally create a life that you desire and the relationships that you desire, then you do have to be real with yourself and honest with yourself compassionately in these moments that if I'm going through all these feelings of FOMO or jealousy or comparison, then there is something that I am not showing up for in myself. And instead of taking that responsibility and showing up for myself and little me, I'm spending all of my time in a lot of ways whining and complaining about the other person that's over there actually doing it, which then only strengthens these beliefs that we have that we aren't worthy, we aren't smart enough, we aren't capable enough. We allow that to subconsciously be affirmed and validated to ourselves when we're spending that focus over there instead of practicing new beliefs. This belief that whatever is meant for me will not pass me by I wasn't born knowing that. I, for so many years and decades, and still now, work through deep-seated wounding of, I'm not worthy, that I'm going to miss the greatest opportunity of my life. And the practice of really rooting myself in, you know what, I trust in myself and my heart, and I trust in whatever invisible magic happens that allows my heart to just beat without me asking for it, that allows my lungs to continue breathing without me even having to think about it, what allows me to wake up every day, what allows the sun to come up and come down for us, or everything in the natural world. That invisible essence, whatever you want to call it, is part of us. It actually is us. And when I can zoom out and really sit in awe at the wonder and the magic of the natural world, including ourselves, humans are an embodiment of the natural world. And for me personally, when I can sit in that awe, even now I have full body chills just thinking about it, then that belief that whatever is meant for me will not pass me by 
feels so rooted and so grounded and so supported. And if you're trying that belief on for the very first time, I know many people have responded and said it it brings like an immediate solace to them or an immediate peace or like a permission slip that we've all been looking for. And on the contrary, for many people, you might be like, okay, Jenna, that sounds like a bunch of great bullshit. This is a belief that I can't get on board with. Well, if you have so many other practice beliefs that have been ingrained in your subconscious for years and decades, then any new belief you try on is going to feel so far out of reach, which is why it's a practice. Put that belief on a post-it note, stick it on your door or your mirror in the bathroom, practice it over and over so that you're actually creating new neural pathways in your mind and quite literally molding your mind to now absorb that belief and that internal knowing as its authentic foundation. And ultimately that foundation begins with, as you're even beautifully describing in your own journey, with that connection to you, right? You develop the confidence, the ability to believe that that which is meant for you won't pass you by because you've become connected to yourself, to your heart. You develop that competence in a sense, that confidence in your own ability. And that I imagine began sometime probably before we even met with self-focus, with being in your own presence. And when we're focused over there, fearing what we're missing out on, we're not looking at ourselves. We're not cultivating that ability to be present. And even hearing you mention, you know, the natural world, um, a concept, and I think I actually even included it in our workbook of savoring is coming to mind, right? The ability to just take in life, soak it in, and all of its sensational, and by sensational, I mean how we're, what we're smelling, seeing, <laughs> touching, tasting, the whole in any given moment, every aspect of life is available literally in any given moment. And for some of us, that presence, for me included, was most easily accessed in in nature where the smells of it, the sounds of it were literally in my face. So it became, it was always, I should say, for me, just a bit easier to shift the focus. And I was endlessly distracted outside of myself, worrying about what other people are thinking about me, needing from me. Yet when I stepped foot into nature, it became easier. I had to make a choice, of course. It didn't magically just shift my focus. It became easier, though, to savor, to really take in the moments, the smells of whatever natural environment I was in. And the reason why we're speaking about this now is because that's, for some of us, the seed of presence. Those choices that we can consistently make for ourselves of reconnection, you might not believe what you're saying. And what I've also come to believe over time, that that which is meant for you will never pass you by. Though by planting these foundations of presence, by planting these foundations of presence that then can be expanded into regulation and safety in our presence, right? Then we can begin to create the possibility for that belief in the future. Every single choice that you make, that I make, that we all make can be and is, if we choose, an opportunity to create and support the life that we desire. So you first have to choose yourself. I, this, I immediately think of taking yourself on a date because we've referenced that before in previous episodes. And I've always had a, a very great comfort in taking myself on a date. Little Miss Independent, I don't need anyone. Turns out most of my healing is actually in receiving others, allowing myself to connect with others. And choosing myself, doing those things might sound very scary for some of you. It might sound very new. And to keep in mind what that feeling is, 
Your nervous system does not feel safe. It doesn't want to do that. It is something new. It might feel threatened by spending time alone. It's making a shift from the ordinary. That's why so many of us have such resistance when we go to do new things or form new habits or do it once or twice, and then we quit because our physical body goes into that feeling of discomfort. And what is our immediate programmed response in discomfort? To reach for the next best thing that we know of to give ourselves relief. So when we're talking about creating a life that we desire or a life that we choose, it's made up by all of the mini choices, which are all of the habits that we do. So in any moment, if you make a choice that isn't aligned, maybe you betray yourself. You are a yes person who endlessly is saying yes to everything because you do have this deep fear of missing out. So you overextend yourself. You completely betray your authentic self and you show up for all of these other people, leaving yourself completely depleted and completely exhausted. If that happens, that's great feedback and great awareness. It's not something to beat yourself up for. It's actually cool. Oh, wow, Jenna, you are saying yes to everyone. Like what a good little people pleaser. Okay, cool. So you're doing that because you want to connect with them. You're striving for this love or desire. That's an opportunity and a moment for me to have a whole lot of compassion for myself. One, for even being willing to see it. And two, for being my own best healer or really my own hero. I get to be the one that now shows up for me instead of depending on this external world to show up and do the work for me because that's not how it goes and that's not what's going to happen A lot of us, however, go through our entire lives not realizing that, and then we get to our deathbeds and finally realize, oh my God, it was me who needed to show up for me the entire time. And just sharing from my own personal experience, because I think it's another spin of how FOMO can look. Um, For a very long time, I was that yes person. If you invited me to plans, I would say yes and hold myself accountable to being there. And you know, when I would drop in, it was not so much for me of the fear of what I would not experience. It was the fear of what others would think in absence of me being there to experience it. Really simply, would this person think I'm a bad friend, a bad sister, sibling, whatever it is? Would I not be supportive or in service or be perceived not to be, of course, supportive or in service or good, whatever sense that meant, in that relationship or within whatever role I was inhabiting or with whatever expectations I was upholding for myself. So it wasn't so much of the feeling that I was in fearful of missing. It was the fear of not being what I imagined this person wanted or needed for me to be. And the byproduct of that was a lifetime of overstepping my boundaries, of running myself exhausted, maybe things that I legitimately did want to do that were in alignment, but I just simply didn't have the resources for them. I was tired. I was stressed out. I needed to be doing something else more restful with my time. And you know, ultimately understanding, just like you're saying, that by saying yes, by overstepping my boundaries, by showing up especially in instances where it wasn't in alignment, but I was putting myself in that position again in fear of what they would think if I didn't, I wasn't doing service to myself. I wasn't creating an environment where I could feel connected, where I could feel competent, right? Where I could even be attuned and safe in my own self. So I just want to share that because I think, you know, it can be a little different. Um, We might not be necessarily fearing and a missing of an experience. We might be fearing the meaning someone might make in our decision to miss out on whatever it is. 
So really this idea of FOMO and this belief that what is meant for you will never pass you by, like most things that we talk about, boils down to a connection to yourself. Not just a, oh, you know, I know me, I'm connected to me, an unshakable, rooted connection and relationship to yourself. Because that relationship is the foundation that all of your choices come from. And what your choices are is represented by the world around you. So if you're spending your choices and your time focusing on this externalization or needing others to meet those needs, to feel connected by outsourcing to others versus tuning in to ourselves, then that's more of what we are going to create. That is why these cycles are so easily perpetuated. And so many of us wake up and think, holy shit, how have I been asleep for the last 10 years? How did I get here? Where am I? How is this my life? How are these my relationships? There's such a disconnect when we suddenly do become conscious to the reality around us, which is why it's so powerful to know and really own the fact that you are responsible for creating the reality around you and how you respond to it. So making choices to connect to yourself, that self-focus and self-awareness, you're right, it was many years before meeting you that there was that shift for me where I got to learn myself and make that connection. Only through those choices was I then able to create an environment where I'm living my dream life. I'm living the visions that I had in my mind. I'm speaking my truth. I have relationships around me that are so aligned and that I brought forth through my choices because I chose to switch that focus at some point in time back on me, to tend to me, to focus on my own contentment and intentionality with how I wanted my life to be. And until I chose to make that shift and actually focus on me and back that up with daily consistent choices and habits and new ways of coping then my whole reality was only an existence of this idea of missing out, of feeling like I would never meet up to my potential or that I was always living on someone else's terms. So as we're getting ready to end this episode, I'm inviting all of you who are listening to maybe make this commitment, this daily promise or intention to yourself if you are resonating with the experience of FOMO. And maybe for some of you, it's been a lifetime of living in this cycle of FOMO um, to simply acknowledge, become aware. That awareness is the huge, hugest first step and gifting yourself with the opportunity, again, not just to criticize or minimize the presence of FOMO, to maybe create some space to explore what could be driving it. Is there a, a level of disconnection in terms of yourself? Is there a lack of safety where you don't even feel safe being a separate individual, always having to show up in actual physical presence or emotional presence of someone else? Because quite honestly, your body doesn't tell you that you're safe enough to do to be on your own or to be alone. In terms of relatedness, again, when we talk about connecting with another person, all of that first begins with knowing who you are, living in connection of your self. And maybe for you, again, it's you don't feel confident. You're not connected enough to develop that intuition and that confidence in it that you can will and will find your way on the path, to the path. Even if it's a, if it's a pivoted path than you once thought it would be, all of that begins with that awareness. So my invitation to you is not to shame, not to criticize, um, 
to explore those moments when you are in that FOMO cycle. Of course, if you feel the FOMO cycle getting out of control, to use that grounding, to shift your focus, maybe to sign off the social media account that's giving you or contributing to that spiral, to empower yourself in those small ways. And it can begin with those very, very small, small daily commitments to keeping those promises, to building this consistent practice of reconnection with yourself, of exploration of what you really want and what you really need that over time will translate into that deep-rooted belief. And as always, we look forward to hearing what your reactions are, what your thoughts are, how many FOMOers we have out there And whatever is coming up for you hearing this conversation or whatever FOMO you have or have (laughs) not experienced, if you agree with what we're saying, disagree, we want to hear all of it. So please, and we thank you too for continuing to drop your comments and feedback and conversation on our Self Healer Soundboard YouTube channel where you can view this podcast actually as a a video with closed captions as well. So you can also see the captions and transcript there. So thank you for being with us, keeping the conversation going. We look forward to being with you again next week.